Welcome to Shedding Light Hunting Stories Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the average Joe and their great hunting stories. I'm your host, Travis Williams. You're listening to episode 135. Hey guys and girls, welcome to the show. Uh, this one is brought to you by the mom and pop coffee shops that are knocking it out of the park. Uh, there is a coffee shop just up the road called the Roseland Coffee Bar. And uh, whenever I first came in, I was a little skeptical, but I tell you, it is my favorite place of all time. I mean, amazing coffee. And I know the coffee's good whenever I will willingly choose to even drink some of the frou-frou coffee. They have this thing called a dropkick, and it's amazing. And I'm not one for all the flavors, but it is delicious. So all the mom-and-pop coffee shops out there that are uh, staying in business, fighting off Starbucks. I mean, I like Starbucks too, but hey, good for you. Good job. Um, Hope that you guys are having a great early season. Thanks for coming back for another episode. I do have some potentially upsetting or bad news. You guys are stuck with just me today. I uh, was not able to get a guest lined up. Uh, I was sick last week. I'll, I'll tell you some of the story and just kind of what's going on in the first couple weeks. It does end in a successful hunt last night that I'll tell you about. Um, but yeah, uh, you are stuck with me. I do have another guest lined up for tomorrow, and uh, we'll get that episode out soon and have a couple more uh, just kind of waiting to, to schedule. And if you'd like to come on the show, man, I would love to hear your hunting stories. How's your season going? How are some of your past seasons going? would love to hear those stories. Send me an email at sheddinglightod at gmail.com. All right. That said, we're going to jump into uh, kind of the story and what's been going on. And it's um, not a super long story. Don't plan to go super long today. So um, if you want to hear one, here it is. So I... Um, my goal kind of going into this season was really um, just to make sure I pick my hunts wisely, try not to overhunt and make my wife all frustrated. Um, also kind of wanted uh, another little side goal was to, I wanted my daughter to go out and actually see me uh, shoot something. Um, she hunted with me a couple times last year. She's five now, and I'm, I'm not quite ready for her to shoot uh, anything Um I haven't got her a crossbow yet, and I think that's probably what I will start her on next year is just kind of getting in that moment, practicing with a crossbow, but I don't even have a crossbow for her. So I just thought, you know, I just want her to take her out and and have her experience that moment of the shot. And so that was one of the little goals I had. Um, Trail cam pictures early in the season um, really seemed to to show that, hey, some of these deer are coming in pretty good. So what I did a week before season, um, I threw 50 pounds corn on my back and I went up to a soybean edge uh, on one property that I have to hunt. The reason I did that is because um, a guy that I share the property with, his name's John, had some really good bucks on camera, like nice bucks on camera, uh, probably back in July and August. So I thought, you know, I'm not getting any on my cell cam in this one particular spot. If I throw out the corn, We'll see how they respond to that, see if any come out in daylight. Um, it's a, it's legal to use corn in my state. I don't have a problem doing it. Um, you know, I just haven't done it a whole lot, to be honest, in the past. So that was the game plan. I um, went uh, up to this corner, and I dropped it out, threw up my cell cam, and just waited for the pictures to come in. Um, I uh, waited about a day, and I started getting some does and some other uh, critters on there, and... Um, then uh, about two days in is whenever I started getting some buck pictures. And boy, did I get a lot of buck pictures. Usually by this time in Ohio, it seems like most of the bachelor groups have already split up by the time you get to hunting season. 
that wasn't the case. I have bucks sparring, all kinds of bucks, and there was a couple of nice shooters, but they weren't coming in until probably after last light, maybe even in the middle of the night, but there was a couple of nice bucks. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to deploy the plan, and I'm going to try and do this opening weekend. So I went over on Friday, threw out uh, another 50-pound of corn, and then I uh, decided I wasn't going to be able to hunt Saturday. Saturday was um, Hattie Day. It's the day we celebrate my daughter going to heaven uh, three years ago. And so had family stuff planned. I was not going to hunt on Saturday. But Sunday night, I was going to be up there, had a good wind. That was the game plan. Uh, Saturday rolls around, had a good day with family. And I end up, uh, it's like 6.30 and my wife uh, had sent my daughter down to talk to me. I was getting my, my clothes packed up for the next day. And my daughter said, Hey, can we go hunt in the front yard? I'm like, what? And she goes, mommy said what we can. So <laughs> I'm like, uh, well, uh, okay. So I go up and ask Kate, I'm like, are you sure you want me to go? I mean, it's Hattie day. I mean, we were kind of done with all the stuff that we've been doing. And she's like, no, go down there and sit with her. So, uh, I don't have a blind up in my front yard. I have I don't even know what kind of tree it is. Just picture like a, it's a tree that's leaning over about a foot off the ground and it's real thick and it kind of creates this little tiny um, natural ground blind that you can kind of tuck yourself back in and there's a few openings where you can see out and see my entire front yard. I live up on a big hill and I only own three acres and pretty much most of that, two of the acres, is this front yard that I have out there. Um... Basically, I don't own hardly any woods at all, just a very small fraction. We sat out there, didn't see anything, but had a good time with her. Sunday rolls around, I go over to my spot and had a tree picked out, and I thought this was going to be dynamite. There was a fallen tree. Uh, Whenever I put out that corn, I realized there was a fallen tree right behind where the trail camera was. And I thought that these deer were coming up from the other side of that tree up to the corn pile. Uh, staying in the woods as long as possible and then popping up at the last second right there at the pile is what my trail cam pictures had showed me. So I wanted to be on the other side of that, back about 15 yards, and be able to shoot to that spot. Had a tree picked out. I got there, and my climbing sticks, I didn't have enough strap to get around the tree. It was too big. So instead of going up the nice straight tree, I ended up going up an extremely curvy, like crazy, crazy curvy tree, got up it all right and got settled in and wasn't actually able to see the corn pile from where I was at. I was, but I I was kind of okay with that. I thought I'm going to catch anything kind of cruising to it and I'm going to shoot it before it gets there is the game plan. Uh, Night goes well, beautiful night, Uh, about 6.30, 6.15, somewhere in there. I look down to my left and there's a doe and a fawn that has come in and they're on this side of the fallen tree and they are clearly not going up to the the corn pile. They are eating on some acorns that I apparently hadn't seen. I didn't see there was any acorns dropping. Um, They're foraging and I'm like, this is not good because the wind is kind of in my face and I walked in on a path close to where they're at. And sure enough, uh, the fawn comes directly behind me. I freeze and the doe all of a sudden catches my scent right by the tree where I had started to climb, and she knows something's up. And she's confused. She's not super alarmed. I had sprayed some nose jammer on my boots, and I sprayed it on that tree because I was getting ready to climb it. And I I like to do that just to kind of throw off the scent. That's what I feel like it does. Still puts them on alert, but maybe not. They don't get the full human scent. That's, That's my opinion on it. I don't know how true that is. I've had it work pretty well before. So I freeze, and she starts looking around, and she ended up looks up at me at one point. I don't make eye contact, and I, I looked on my video camera later on. I froze for 20 straight minutes, didn't move a muscle. I'm like, I am not going to move because sometimes I get fidgety, and I'll start to move or I'll scratch, and it's game over, they blow. 
This deer ends up um, going in behind me. I don't know where she ended up, she, but I know where she eventually ended up. She ended up clear down where I came into the woods. She went that far down, and then she blew. Um, about five, I don't know, maybe 30 seconds after she, she blew, some coyotes went off, saw a deer run out through the field, and then wind was in my face, but like 20 minutes later, another deer blew in front of me, so gig was up. Um, unfortunately, it was kind of a blown hunt. I climbed down out grabbed my trail camera and uh, checked it because it hadn't sent any pictures. Uh, the reason is because I had been using the free plan and hadn't upgraded my package to get unlimited, and I had so many deer at the corn pile that I'd used up all my free pictures. Didn't realize that until, unfortunately, like three days ago. But um, I did check that trail camera there. It was still taking pictures, and I had bucks in there Saturday night uh, at like 6.30, 6.45 and shooter bucks. Um, but you know what? I was in the front yard with my daughter. It was the day... Where I, I was where I should have been, and I have no regrets about that. So that's how that hunt went. Um, fast forward to this week, I thought, you know what? I don't have any bucks on cameras. I, I really want to get a doe. I just want to shoot something. I want Ansley to be there with me, my five-year-old. So I'm going to put some corn out in the front yard, throw out my cell camera there, and see what happens. Just never know, right? So, um, and, I, and I don't know, I've talked about this a lot before, but I will touch on it real quick. I don't know how you feel about corn. There's, there's some people, it's such a hot topic and there are people that are anti-corn. They hate corn piles. They think that it's just super easy throughout the corn pile and you just shoot a deer as it comes in. And, and I'll just say, maybe that's the case for some people. My experience is there's a little bit more to it than that. There's always the wind factor. There's always the mature deer factor that they're going to try and come in downwind, typically speaking. Um, you know, there's, there's, yeah, does it help? Absolutely. Um, it, it, without a doubt, you are trying to draw deer to a spot. Um, and I, I understand that it's controversial. I typically, like during the rut, I'm not throwing out corn piles or whatever. I try and hunt transitions and I try and um, use other methods. But I, I just want to say it's a legal method in my state. And whenever you own three acres and you want to not spend $37 on a deer tag and I can tag one in on landowners, there's definitely that appeal. Um, I'd rather spend eight or nine bucks on corn and, um, you know, so anyway, that's the route that I decided to go. I don't really have woods to hunt and I need to get them into a spot. They can literally come across my yard anywhere. And so, uh, that's what I did. Not trying to justify or defend. It's, it's my choice and I'm happy with it, but just kind of giving you that background in case maybe you're one of those that just hate it. You think it's terrible. It's too easy. Uh, it's not always that easy. In fact, I had no intention or any thought that a buck was going to come into my front yard to that pile. No, no disillusions about that. I know a deer, a buck's not going to do that. So, threw out the corn, and the game plan was to go on, uh, let's see, last time was Monday. This would have been go on Sunday night, I believe, was going to be the game plan. And um, threw out the corn and had them coming in. Well, Sunday, unfortunately, it starts to pour down the rain. Um, about the time that I want to go out and there's going to be a little gap in the action and then it's going to pour again. And I thought about going and I, I just stalled. My wife went to work out. She got back about six o'clock. She's like, you're going to go. I was like, ah, I don't think so. Cause it was pouring down the rain. And finally at like seven o'clock, it stops raining for a second. I told my daughter, like, you want to go down real quick? She's like, yeah. So we go down and guys we're I'm walking 50 yards over my hill into my front yard. <laughs> There's a little patch of woods that kind of goes up over the hill and you can kind of cut down over off my driveway um, right into this little broom tree. I, I keep saying broom tree. It's probably not a broom tree, but it's uh, just a leaned over tree that creates a natural ground blind. That's all I can say. I get back in there. 
We sit for like 10 minutes. It starts to rain again. I'm like, let's get out of here. So we got out of there. Later on that night, my cell camera sends me a picture, and there was a doe standing at the corn pile at 645. I was 15 minutes too late. <laughs> I was like, oh, are you kidding me? I can't believe it. I mean, it was pouring the rain. I didn't really want my daughter to have a bad experience. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to cut my losses. So I didn't know when I'd hunt again. had no idea how that was going to play out. I got uh, That night is whenever I went to look for my buddy's buck, and then I went back the next day during the daylight to try and find it, and um, couldn't find it, unfortunately. Um, the rain had kind of washed away all the blood and um, just no no way to track this deer. So I was a little bummed about that, but came home, was spending time with family, and it was still pouring down the rain. This was on Monday. Pouring down the rain. Monday's my day off, and I got to looking at the forecast, and the rain was supposed to go up until about 6, 6.30. My wife was going to go to her workout like she always does, and was going to come back at 6.30, and I thought, you know what? I could slip into the front yard, and maybe if there's still some corn left, there, there might still be a chance that I could make this happen with my daughter, have her there by my side. I just want to give her that experience of watching the shots, seeing everything, the recovery. You know, she hasn't experienced that part yet. Um, so I asked Angela, like, hey, do you want to go? She's like, yes, I want to go. Like, All right. And then I felt bad the time before for not taking the eight-year-old foster girl with me. Um, Yes, we still have the foster kids. Uh, they were supposed to go to their grandmothers. We found out that that is not happening for various reasons at this point. Um, so we still have three kids living with us. So this is another factor in me wanting to shoot something in the early season and punch a tag early. And um, so I, I decided I was going to ask um, my daughter, Ansley, what she, if she would be okay if the eight-year-old came along with us. I wanted to make sure it, that was okay you know, um, with her. And she said, yeah, absolutely. Well, it just so happened it worked out good. I wasn't sure what the rules, regulations, all that were about, you know, her going with me into the front yard, but her mom was on the phone. Her mom happened to call, and um, so I got to talk to her mom and got permission from her mom to take the, the foster girl with me. And so I asked her, and so then the prep began. She's never been on any hunt. She hasn't seen, never hunting at, at all. So I started walking through. I was like, now, are you sure you want to see this? I was like, my goal is to kill an animal. And I started explaining to her about animal emotions and using the meat and blood and what would happen if I hit the animal too high and just all of the factors. Explained, hey, this animal might have some yearling fawns behind her um, unless it has spots. I typically am okay shooting a mature uh, doe. Um, that doesn't bother me. Some people it does. I was explaining all this to her, just trying to lay it out there. And she, she seemed to be understood. I even showed her some of my previous hunts and tried to show her where I was aiming. And then I showed her deer cast, you know, where the vitals are. So this is what happens if I hit the deer here. This is what happens if I hit the deer here. So, you know, for like a half hour, 45 minutes, I'm just kind of walking her through it. Um, and she was excited. So I got their clothes. I threw it in the scent crusher bag. Now, my scent, my scent was supposed to be blowing actually to the corn pile. Uh, according to Hunt Stand, um, I, I expected to have, actually have the wind at my back blowing straight over the hill, but it was going to go right down through the middle of my yard, um, which I thought would be not great, but okay. Deer could come in from the left, and I could shoot them at the pile. If they came in from the right, I'd have to draw on them and shoot them before they got there, most likely, was my game plan. So we go down over, camera gear, everything, get tucked into this little spot, and it's it's a sweet little spot. I mean, it really is. We have cover behind us. Uh, nothing's going to come in behind us. It's the driveway right like five yards away behind us, but there's plenty of brush 
and we can see out in front of us and we have this little gap where we can see the corn pile and also another little gap to my right. I put my daughter right to my right. She's sitting on like a little pad and I put uh, the foster girl back behind me and she's on a seat. And I throw up, I brought some netting down just to kind of make like a little uh, extra blind for our knees up to try and give us a little extra cover. Figured we could use that. Throw up my cameras and uh, do some interviews and all that fun stuff. Um, and they're having fun. I hand them my microphone and the two girls were giving interviews about what they're experiencing and what they're doing and they're just hamming it up. And I give a little interview and then I set the camera and I get my bow up and uh, get my arrow knocked and all that's good to go. And all of a sudden I look up and there are deer straight in front of me. Like they had just came in. Now, Brett, let me back up just a second. I had checked the wind as soon as I got to this spot, and the wind was actually blowing in my face. It wasn't doing what the app said it was supposed to be doing. Like winds directly in my face. I'm like, well, shoot, this is even better. So these deer come in directly from where I thought the wind was going to be originally blowing. They're out probably about uh, 80, 90 yards when I first see them, and they come right into my yard from the bottom of my driveway at the bottom of the hill. And they come charging straight into us. And that was kind of the problem. I'm getting the cameras turned on. I turn on the GoPro on my feet, turn on my video camera. I want to get this on film. And this doe, and there was two uh, uh, does behind her. And uh, they could have been her fawns. I assume maybe one of them was. Uh, but they were decent sized, actually. I probably would have shot either one of those two. I mean, they, they really were uh, decent sized deer. But she's the biggest. She comes in first. And she comes, she kind of goes past the corn pile and instead just runs right at us and stops at 25 yards and just is looking right at us into this spot. And I'm like, well, shoot, what's going on? Like, what is happening? Like, somehow she's busted us. And I'm telling my daughter, telling the foster girl, hey, don't move, don't move, don't move. But then I'm like, man, I could shoot her right there if she turns just a little bit. And I, it's one of those moments where you're like, should I just wait and don't move? But then they could leave and you never get a chance. So I'm like, I'm going to try and draw. I got a, I had like a little sapling in front of me. So I, I go to draw my bow. And I thought, I'm, maybe she'll just turn enough or I can stop her and give her a quick mat and she'll stop. And as I'm drawing the bow, I get it back to full draw and she does a 180. I don't remember if she blew or not, but I just remember she turns whoo, they're, and they're gone. Right back to where they came from. So they're 80 yards in about three seconds. And at that moment, I was like, my heart sunk. I let down my bow, my arrow. I have a hard time letting down that, the let off on that bow. My arrow actually pops off my, my uh, bow, off the, the rest. So I have to put it back on. I get it back on. I mess with the camera, kind of zoom out. And then I realize, like, I think in that moment, what happened is I thought the game was over because these deer are gone, and I hit the record button, uh, turn it off, turn off record. I look up, and this deer all of a sudden is no longer going away from me, she's turned around again, and now she is actually coming back. And I'm shocked. Like, I've never, I don't think I've ever experienced a deer run away from me and then turn around and come that distance back. That's what she does. And instead of coming straight at me this time, she's now kind of skirting. She's trying to go low. And what I think was happening was this deer was trying to catch my wind. Wind in my face. She can't get it. She's trying to get behind me because she wants to come to the corn, maybe. I'm not sure. But she is wanting to get in below me. Well, in doing so, she stays, she comes into range. I pull up the range finder real quick, and I, I'm shaking at this point. Like, I, I've never killed a deer from the ground with a bow before, and I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, <laughs> after I let down my bow, I'm, the adrenaline's starting to kick. I'm shaking. I pull up the range finder, and I'm able to hit a spot that's 30 yards away, and 
she comes in and all of a sudden she stops broadside and I have a gap. I have that gap, not directly in front of me, off to my right just a little bit. My daughter's back enough that I feel safe with the shot. And so I come to full draw. I point the camera in her direction, come to full draw, and I'm I'm shaking. Like I'm I'm moving all over the place. I'm not settled. I'm like, don't take the shot, just wait, settle. So I took a deep breath and then she started to take a couple more steps. And so she took one more step. I went meh and she stopped again. I settled the 30-yard pin right behind her front leg and I let the arrow fly. Lighted knock goes out through there and I see it hit and I don't get a pass through. I hit, she kind of drops just a little bit and all of a sudden she takes off running along with the two behind her and they end up going into the right. And I feel really good about the shot. I, we listen, <laughs> immediately <laughs> the foster girl goes, why did you make that noise? <laughs> I was like, it's to make her stop. And uh, I was like, well, listen, listen, listen. And I thought I could hear some crashing. We wait a few seconds and then I'm like, man, I think I think I got her. And so I start interviewing the other girls and they're like, what just happened? And we're all celebrating high fives. And then I, I actually heard her beller. Uh, she lets out that terrible noise, you know. Okay, she's down. Like they, I've never had a deer do that while standing up. She's definitely down, not too far from me. And so I uh, do some interviews and all that stuff. I turn the camera around and I realize that I wasn't recording. And oh, just it was perfect. It was exciting. I'm I am disappointed. I like I love to film my hunts. I would love to see that footage again. It was perfect. I mean, I had her framed up in the video camera. Everything was great except. At some point in all that madness, I hit the record button and turned it off. Um, got it all on the GoPro, but the GoPro was faced at me, so you just kind of see my reaction and the girl's reaction. So a little disappointed there. Not much for a, a video, but regardless, irregardless, I am I'm I'm celebrating with my daughter, and I turned to the eight year old. I'm like, what do you think? And she's like, she's shaking, and she is like, that was so awesome. Like this girl lives in town. She's, I mean, she's not been hunting ever in her life. So both her and my five-year-old are just, they're loving it. They're smiling and they're like, I can't believe she came back. And they're asking me questions. And I replayed the GoPro footage. And whenever I went, Matt, my daughter actually took her eyes off the deer and looked at me. (laughs) And then I shoot and she turns and she sees the shot, you know, but I mean, it was just awesome. It was awesome. So we collect our stuff. And I said, we're going to go back up to the garage and drop off the extra cameras, seats, everything that we brought down. And let's give this deer just a little bit of time. But I felt pretty good about the shot. So we go and do that. And I start to walk down over and we start tracking this deer. Um, and unfortunately, there is no blood. I hit her a little high. Um, not super high, but just enough that, uh, and I didn't get a pass through. So therefore, the, the lung was filling up with blood and it was not, there wasn't hardly, I didn't find any blood. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I know this, there's this little patch of woods that's literally less than half an acre, uh, where these deer bed, uh, right above the, the township road and right below my driveway. And I'm like, that deer is definitely in that spot. Well, we get in there, I start looking around and I'm looking, looking, and my, it's all a cluster. My daughter's dropping stuff and she's getting tangled in briars. And I'm like, guys, just stay here for a second. I'm going to go on ahead and see if I can find this deer. So I went ahead and I looked into this entire little spot and starting to get dark at the flashlight out and I can't find this deer. I'm like, doggone it. Where did she go? I was like, I heard her, you know, I heard her beller. I know she's around here someplace. And I just happened to look down across the township road and I see my lighted knock. I'm like, oh, okay, she made it across the road. She went further than what I thought. So I take the girls, we go down to the road, start walking down the road and uh, get off the road because cars are coming by. And 
finally get up to the spot where my knock is, and it's just my knock. No arrow, just the knock has came out. And it's, I'm like, well, shoot, where is this deer? And the problem is, I'm, I know I'm crossing property lines, so I called one of my neighbors, said, hey, I'm a, I think the deer, I shot a deer, it may have gone up on you. They said, that's fine. And so I'm, I, that's where I think this deer is going, just up into the woods a little bit, across the road. So I tell uh, the, the foster girl and my daughter, I was like, just stay right here beside the road. I'm just going to walk up ahead here and see what's what. i got to figure this out. So I walk up, and I'm not seeing the deer on this neighbor's property, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm, I'm starting to fear that this deer has gone on to the next property. This next property is owned by a sweet older lady. She goes to my church. Um, but she is a vegetarian or a vegan. She has not ate meat in over 40 years. I do know that. Um, she comes over to our neighbor nights and she brings like tofu burgers. Um, <laughs> she's, she loves her animals. She let me turkey hunt like one time and coyote hunt one time, but even that is a stretch for her. She loves her animals. Now, I don't think she's like anti-hunting necessarily, but she just loves her animals, and um, she, I mean, there's always deer out in her little pasture field that goes right beside the, the township road. And so I start walking up that way, and I, I look up and I see eyes. Uh, you know, it's night now, by this point, uh, dark, and I, I see eyes out in the field. So, I, and it's a doe. It's a bigger doe, and I thought that cannot be my doe. So I end up in her driveway, and I start walking toward this doe. And I, I'm trying to keep my eyes on the vitals, make sure it's not the one that I shot. And all of a sudden, I start to hear. Uh, some noises. And I look over just to my left and right in her driveway, off the right off of her driveway is a barbed wire fence. Um, she fences herself in like kind of is like almost like a, a hermit up there. She has like a gate. She always locks her gate up to her driveway. Well, in that fence is my doe. And she's there taking her last breaths. Um, unfortunately, I did hit this deer just a little bit high. So she did not have as quick as a death as what I would want at all. Um, but at this point, I'm like, what do I do? Do I, do I finish this deer off? Do I, um, you know, I, that's obviously what I wanted to do. But I also realized I've been searching for like the last like little, you know, three, four minutes. And I've left those two kids back there beside the road and some cars have gone by. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to go back, get the kids up to the house. And then I need to sort this out. And I also need to call uh, the lady and make sure, you know, I can get this deer. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's not going to be a problem. Um, but, you know, I was just, it was just, Sometimes you have these moments in hunting where it's not perfect. It's not pretty. Um, it's just, that's the way, unfortunately, it goes. But So I get the girls back up to the house, and I throw the rack on the back of my pilot, and I call the lady and say, hey, listen, I shot a deer on my property. I'm pretty sure, you know, it's it's right next to your driveway. Do you care if I come down and just get it? I'll just drive down real quick and get out of there. She goes, oh, oh, that's fine. That's fine. I throw the rack on. By the time I get there, this lady is down with a flashlight on this deer. And she's got, I, I kid you not, she had 13 house cats surrounding her. I'm like, what is going on? And I'm just praying, oh God, please don't let that deer still be moving around. Please let that deer have died. And God had answered my prayer. <laughs> I got out and the deer's head was was clearly slung over the barbed wire fence. It's dead. And, I'm like, oh. and I came up to her and she's all like, just kind of sad. And I could tell, you know, it's, it's hunter meets non-hunter moment. And and she's like, she goes, I just feel like it's my fault. I'm like, what do you mean it's your fault? She goes, I've been throwing out apples to get these deer to come in. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm like, oh, and I said her name and I said, listen, I've been throwing out corn to get the deer to come to me. These deer did not come off of you. They came from another spot. 
I was like, and I don't think this is the same deer that you're thinking of. And I was like, and, and it, I told her it was a quick kill. And, and relatively speaking, it wasn't terrible. But like I said, it was longer than what I wanted. Um, and I, uh, I said, you know, I, I, I'm, we're going to use this meat. Thank you so much for letting me get it. And so she goes up the driveway. Unfortunately, getting the thing on the, the tailgate by myself was a little bit tricky. And I ended up flipping the thing over wound side down and dropped a, about a gallon of blood on her driveway. So <laughs> last night, 1130, I went back over with a five-gallon bucket of water. And I'm hosing off her driveway so she doesn't wake up to, to blood everywhere. But uh, I got up there. And probably the coolest part was the kids coming out to see the deer. Uh, they were so excited. We took some pictures, um, posted some of just my daughter. I'm not allowed to post pictures of the foster daughter but then they wanted to see me field dress it i was like are you guys sure you understand this is pretty gross and they're like oh yeah we want to see it so i take deer down over the woods and field dress it and they are touching everything they want to touch the guts they want to touch the lungs um and i i was using a g5 dead meat 125 grain and i absolutely just blew a giant hole through this deer's one lung um so uh I was happy about how that all went. Once again, I wish I was just about an inch. If I was an inch lower, I would have caught both lungs. Two inches lower would have been even better. Um, I was just a little high in that moment. But, um, yeah, they were excited. The kids were excited. I just took the deer to the deer processor, and there it is. There's my first deer of the season. And it's really only my, like, second true hunt. I mean, I'm, I mean, it's in my front yard. So I was able to use my landowner tag and uh, save uh, myself some money, and that was just a really cool experience. So just super excited. Um, I have a bonus story that I'm going to tell you in a second, but I want to I share this with you. There's just a, I've never experienced a deer just like running away like that and then coming straight back into danger. Like, I, I just couldn't fathom what was going on, and, and she, I think, really was trying to catch my, my scent. Um, I think that's, she knew something was in that little, uh, cove, you know, looking back into that little, almost like a cave that we were kind of tucked back in underneath the trees and she knew something was there, but she ignored her instinct. Um, and that's what got this deer killed. Um, she, she came back in and, and put herself in harm's way. And all of that just reminded me of something that I want to share with you because I think there's a good life lesson with this. Uh, Second Timothy 2.22, pretty easy to remember. Second uh, Timothy 2.22 says, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So flee the evil desires of youth. I think about this doe running away, but then she came back. Um, she, she flirted with disaster. I'm very glad that she did. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that she gave me that opportunity. But I think about how many times we we don't do a good job fleeing the evil desires of youth. You guys know what those things are. The things that maybe entice you. Um, lust is a big one. Uh, I know pornography is a huge issue that a lot of folks uh, struggle with. Um, there's all kinds of things. Drinking, alcohol, greed. We, we all have these things that, that entice us. And the Bible talks about how the devil is like a roaring lion. He's, he's out trying to devour us. He is out. His goal is to take us down and to get us to mess up. And, and sometimes what we do is we run away. Initially, we run away like we should. 
But then we start to maybe come back and flirt with disaster. We think, well, maybe if I just do this, this isn't, maybe, you know, if you struggle with alcohol, maybe it's like, well, I'll just have one beer. It's not that big a deal. Or you're up late and you're messing around on your phone. You're like, well, I'll just go over and look at this. And and, and I think that's where this verse comes into play, where we really, truly need to flee Flee, run away from. Don't give that temptation a second thought. Job says that he makes a covenant with his eyes that he won't look lustfully at a girl. I know I'm getting into the lust thing. There's all kinds of things that can entice us, all kinds of things that can bring us down. But I I just think how often in life, you think about people that um, cheat on their, their spouses. I'm going to guess that most people, 95%, 95% of people that cheat on their spouse, don't just go intentionally and try and do that one day. Like, yep, I'm just going to go cheat on my spouse with the first girl I see. It, it starts with a, a conversation with a coworker or somebody at the gym, um, somebody that you meet, and it's just a conversation. And you know that you should probably not have those kind of conversations with the other spouse, with, a, with somebody of the opposite sex, but you, you let that temptation come in and it's just a little bit by little bit. And slowly but surely, you don't realize it, but you've just stepped back into the range of the evil one's deadly arrows. And there's one thing, I think the Bible talks about this, where you might struggle with sin. All of us are going to struggle. But there's also a thing where you are close to doing what's called living in sin. And I think living in sin is a different picture. Um, and that's what I'm talking about here is the devil entices you back into a spot where it's not just you're struggling. It's, it's you're about to make some choices that will alter your life. It's going to mess things up for you. Um, maybe not long-term, maybe it's just a short-term thing, but I, I want to challenge you, whatever that temptation is that you experience, flee from it. The second it pops in your mind, take that thought captive and don't give in to it. Run away and live to see another day. Don't flirt with that disaster. Um, so many of my f- people that I know, people that I'm close with, I've watched people make some really poor choices over the years. And some of them are no longer uh, living out their faith in any shape or form. They've fallen away. They're living a, a, a lifestyle that's not a lifestyle that they should live. And I think they're in danger eternally. Um, I don't think once saved, always saved. Um, I, I don't believe the Bible teaches that. I think that you can lose your salvation if you choose to live in a life of of sin. So avoid it, run from it, flee. Little life lesson there for you, something I thought I'd pass on. Another exciting thing I want to share with you, and then I'm going to wrap it up, is uh, my brother. Now, my brother's not the biggest talker in the world, but he did come on last year and share his buck story. I didn't figure I'd be able to get him to come on and just tell this story, so I'm going to tell it for him. Uh, yesterday, my brother got a deer, and the exciting part is is that it was on my grandfather's property over in West Virginia. I wanted to go with him, but just with the foster kids and all that, I could not go yesterday. So he decided to go over, check trail cams, um, and and just sit on the ground and see if he could shoot something. Uh, he checked one trail camera. There was like a thousand pictures of deer all over it, but it was on the side of a hill, and uh, the corn was all gone, and he thought he was going to go over and check the other side. He got over to the other side, and uh, don't you hate it when you check your trail cameras? And all you get are white pictures. That's pretty much what he got on that side. <laughs> Excuse me. No bears. Um, only a few pictures. Only one buck. So, and there was guys down over the hill. Uh, they were letting off, um, I don't know, letting off gas off of an oil well or something like that. They're like, this is going to be pretty loud. Probably won't be any deer around here. Well, he was already kind of committed. He was already over in that spot. It's about four o'clock. So he goes up on this rock and he just sits down. Winds in his face. 
and my brother's using a crossbow, and so he's just kind of sitting there. He's messing around on his phone and everything, and it's 4.02, and he looks up, and what he thought was a doe comes right into the corn pile that he just put back out. Like, he can't believe it. Like, this deer comes in quarters away, and he puts the crosshairs on this thing and makes a perfect shot. This thing mule kicks, runs directly at the guys that are fracking the well or whatever they're doing to the well. And then this deer does a loop, comes up right behind my brother 15 yards and stops. My brother looks back, the deer gets wobbly and just tips over. <laughs> and my brother is jacked. Uh, he called me um, and was just pumped and I was pumped for him. He goes up there, come to find out it's a button buck, um, but it's his first out-of-state deer. It's his first West Virginia deer on my grandpa's property where my grandpa grew up. Um, and so I am planning on going over in 10 days on the 15th of October. I'm planning to go to West Virginia and I tell you what, whatever I see, I'm probably going to shoot, just going to continue to fill my freezer. And, um, so I'm just excited for him. So I thought I'd share that with you. Uh, my deer is over at the processor. Um, I sometimes will process my own, but a lot of times a doe, I like to take the processor and get deer sticks, get deer burger, uh, of course the tenderloin, uh, this guy will cube the tenderloin, make it real super tender. Um, and it's, this guy does it for pretty cheap. Um, I'll drive about 45 minutes over to the spot just because this guy does great, great job, great taste and stuff. So that's where my first deer is at, and uh, that is the story. So uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to me ramble on here for about 37 minutes or whatever it's been, and I'm grateful for you coming back for another episode. Um, just feel incredibly blessed to, to experience what I experienced last night. Just pure joy, um, shooting a deer, having the adrenaline pumping, first deer from the ground with my daughter and the foster daughter there. Both of them loved it, and it was just a great experience. The only thing that could have gone better is if I would have gotten that kill shot on video. Um, of course, the recovery, I didn't film that because of just the situation of this deer being in a, <laughs> a vegan's driveway. Um, so just wanted to get that deer out of there quickly as possible. But there's pictures up on Facebook. If you follow us on Shedding Light Outdoors or Instagram, pictures are up. I might do some sort of little mini video later on with some of the footage I have of the girls, but uh, not a whole lot there. But you know what? I can't be too disappointed. A game plan going is I got that hunt on the 15th and um, not too many other hunts on the horizon until probably mid-October, late October, get into uh, hunting some scrapes and getting into the rut is my game plan for hunting a buck. I uh, am excited that I have a friend. I will announce it now so he can't back out. Bobby Andrews is coming to town. He's been on my podcast before, twice I believe, and he is coming from North Carolina. He's going to come up to Ohio and we're going to hunt the rut together uh, probably that first weekend in November. So I am pumped over that. Uh, that's what's on the horizon. Hope that you guys are having a fantastic week, a good hunting season. Please remember to be safe. And I will have a guest on next week um, or maybe the end of this week if I'm feeling generous. We'll see how it goes. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to stop rambling, drink some more of my coffee here. Have yourself a great day. And remember to shed the light.